0: What's up, movie friends? Welcome back to Letterboxd Recap, where we go through the movies we've been watching this past week, as well as rating the Letterboxd Top 4 of 5 of you listeners. Now, James, this is the last time you and I are going to be recording in the studio for a month. I'm going to be in England for an entire month. I'm going to be working on a movie out there, a Viking film. I'll be the first assistant director, which I'm very excited about. But I'll bring a remote set, so I'll bring a microphone, my interface... I'll still be checking in on Movie News. I'll still be checking in on Letterboxd Recap. It better be. We have filmed every episode of the main show for January. It's been a crazy three weeks of just... I've been looking at Premiere Pro for, I think, the entire time. I don't think I've slept. Are you, are you finished with your editing? Finished all of it. It's been a lot because we we, we except for this right now. I've <laughs> obviously because in December we filmed all of December's episodes and all of January's episodes. So we did all of January's in two weeks, two and a half weeks though. Yeah, it was it was a lot of a lot of episodes, but I'm glad we got it all done because now you can do your thing and I can just chill here and do my thing and it's gonna be fun it's gonna be like a little he's gonna just be waking up at 2 p.m. in a bathrobe <laughs> well you, i'm not a bum <laughs> i'm not lebowski <laughs> that's what i'm picturing i love how you picture lebowski once i get it some time off i'm lebowski i'm just kidding i know you're not lebowski you're a very disciplined person anthony we all know you'll be up at eight o'clock nine o'clock the latest on your little little vacation from the podcast <laughs> no white russians no white russians no, no no i hate white russians do you really I mean, I guess I haven't really had one in a very long time. There's some in the fridge. Someone brought the last time we had a little Christmas gathering, yeah. we someone brought canned the, white russians. Yeah, it's cut, cut cutty shark the vodka. Cutty shark, cutty shark. With the yeah. C, Yeah, with the C. But I, I usually don't trust those liquor cans because it just it will just say Alcohol. <laughs> Unless it's the Unless alcohol it's the brand. brand that That's, makes That it. one is a brand. That one's a brand. It says what kind of liquor is in it. But a lot of them, it just says alcohol. It's like, what kind of alcohol is this? Whatever we found at CVS Medicinal <laughs> Section. Whatever the cheapest alcohol we could find was. <laughs> ethanol. Legit. <laughs> <laughs> but Letterboxd recap. I think this is the first week that we have a tie in terms of I've watched as many movies as you. Is that this, true? This is true. Is, is, is vero? Is vero We've been very busy. Yeah, four, four movies watched for me. But I also... I got addicted to uh, uh, two books, so I, I read. And finally, yeah, yeah, I read Mickey Seven, which is the book that Bong Joon Ho is adapt, adapt adap, <laughs> adapting, adapting adapting for Mickey Seventeen. Where's it hard? I I spent two nights reading that, and it was just really. Really fantastic. It's so at fun. first you weren't gonna do it. I was like, dude, you gotta read Mickey Seven. It's freaking awesome. Yeah, and then, and then he's like, like, No, I just wanna experience the movie, bro. I just wanna see I just wanna see what Bong wants to do with it, man. I don't wanna <laughs> I don't wanna read books, dude. I don't wanna nah, bro I don't I love reading books. I don't know how to read, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new impression of Anthony. <laughs> That's accurate. Yeah, it sounds it sounds just like me. It's <laughs> exactly what I said. I finally got an impression right of you. <laughs> and it, it's really great. I can see why Bong Junho wants to make it into a film because it's fantastic. It's got great humor, but also has really great resonant themes with the storytelling. That he, I'm, sh- I can, I may, I totally understand why he gravitated to it. Yeah, and I'm very excited about it. You read that thing real quick. I, I was up till like two a.m. three nights in a row finishing that book. I was just so into it. It's an awesome read. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I can read pretty quickly, so I read that in five hours. In terms of book to film adaptations, it's the only one I, I think there's really coming out next year for a big book to film adaptation and. I feel like we didn't have that many in the last couple of years. I think uh you I think you're right. It feels weird to cuz I think there's just so many superhero movies and did block- James bashed superheroes. No, not bashing superheroes <laughs> at all. I didn't bash it at all. I just said because there's so many superhero movies and big blockbusters, we haven't had that many book to film adaptations. Yeah, and lots mean- of original screenplays have been coming out. Not that they haven't in the past. Yeah, I th- there's still some, but yeah, it's not. I feel like in the 2000s, well, I mean, there'd be like 20 books being adapted yeah. into movies. Yeah, I think you're right. A lot of these releases, I'm looking at oh, them right I mean, now. Kills of the Flower Moon. That obviously but then also but that's a little different because that's a a true crime situation it's not just a book i'm talking about like fictional book all, adapted so into a, a tw- yeah. fictional story for 2023 releases that i've seen i'm only seeing right now ferrari and then but again that's zo- a true yeah. story zone of interest oh that was a book first yeah poor things was a book may yeah. december was a book wow i was way wrong uh napoleon's based upon uh one of a particular biography of yeah. napoleon and then Killers of the Flower Moon is a graphic novel, and then I mean, really? well, I, would, I mean, it's I guess it's kind of a graphic novel. There's photos in it. Sorry, it's a comic book, or I mean, it might be a comic book series. Or Killers grap- of the Flower Moon? No, the killer. You said Killers of the Flower Moon. Did I? Yeah, that's why I'm so confused. Sorry, the killer. <laughs> the killer. <laughs> yeah, that's a graphic novel. Graphic novel. It's and a whole then, series. Yeah, that's about. Okay, it. so I guess we were wrong. I guess that we are. Incorrect. You were wrong. <laughs> I don't throw me into this. Well, I didn't say. I just said I don't. <laughs> I can't don't, think. Don't of put them. me into this with you. Well, oh, Knock of the Cabin, based on a book. So I didn't realize. Okay, now and we know that every movie made last year was adapted from Super a Mario Bros. is based on the original novel. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Did you know the first Nintendo game came out in the 19th century? 19th century? Yeah. Oh, it was a physical board game? It was something? a card game. A card game. They used to make games, yeah. Wow. That's how old Nintendo is. Holy shit. They really adapted well to the times, let me tell you. Yeah, you tell me, man. I mean, they're still going, man. <laughs> this, how many card playing companies just like went out of business like, oh, forget the tech edge the tech all evolution. Of, I can't wait for the card game company movie next year. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into Letterboxd recap. Again, we tied. I got four movies watched, I think. I think that's all I can remember I've watched. All right. Well, my first movie this week was Oh, sorry, hold on. I gotta readjust this. Yeah, man, can you adjust that please? Do yours first. Okay, my first watch of the week was actually Pan's Labyrinth. (laughs) I love Pan's Labyrinth. I have a poster in my bedroom. It's one of my favorite movies, and I gave it five stars. This is Guillermo's brilliant, genius, dark fairy tale. It is not really a happy ending per se. It depends on how you interpret the film. Yes, It's either a happy ending or a sad ending. I interpret it as a very sad ending, but I think just the characters, the world that Guillermo built with this in terms of just being a completely original fairy tale. We don't get many of these anymore. I mean, every fairy tale film adapta- movie we get these days is just an adaptation of or a remake of the past. But to have someone, a genius like Guillermo del Toro, his creativity, his ingenuity, and his great writing come up with just a new fairy tale, who the fuck does that? Who's doing that besides Guillermo? It's really incredible. It's so impressive. He's the man. The writing's sensational. The acting's great. The characters are so memorable. Ophelia breaks my heart and the music's terrific as well. I just love the design of Guillermo with his movies. You can see, you know, the imprints of this on Hellboy, even Golden Army, and things like that. Oh, but, for sure, yeah. But I think he's just such an auteur. he's so creative, as well as he, he does a great job of blending horror with sort of With a fairy tale, but not to the extent that it's too scary. Of course, there are some terrifying sequences. However, it's not a terrifying movie. It's just very dark and and twisted in a lot of ways. And for someone to not just come up with creature designs, I mean, with fairy tale, but to come up with creature designs and monsters of his own making, it's really... Really sensational. He's just the fucking man. I love Guillermo. I gotta say the Pale Man's pretty terrifying. Pale Man is terrifying. I mean, you watch, you watch that, and it's like when she's running to the door, it's like, it, oh, oh my God, the, open it. When he eats the fairies. Open it. Brutal. Oh it's scary. And it's, it's dark, and the villain is it's a great villain. Incredible. I mean, the captain, El Capitan, he's, yeah. the, he's the, man, the main villain in this yeah. movie. Excellent villain. And so even though there's monsters in it, the real villain is a man. It's humanity. The real monster. It's a good movie. Fucking awesome movie. All right, my first watch of the week is The Crucible. I hadn't seen it in years, and I gave it three and a half stars. It's a great play. The film adaptation is just not that well directed. Danny Day-Lewis does what he does, and I, my review is three and a half stars, and I wrote Danny Day-Lewis could have an Oscar for every film he ever, he's done. And it's true. I mean, he really <laughs> this is an Oscar-worthy performance from him as John Proctor. I remember reading this in school a couple of times, Um it's, a, it's an excellent play. It's just the directing holds it back. Uh, Winona Ryder's fantastic in it. She's really great. And then Joan Allen won, wa- was nominated for an Oscar for it. But it's got a great cast, and it's the it's an adaptation of the story of the Salem witch trials. The writer did a lot of research, and this is like the best story he could craft from firsthand accounts and then recorded accounts of what people said happened during the Salem witch trials. And it's a really smart film, a, a smart story about groupthink and about fear and how in self-preservation and fear and self-preservation can motivate people to do anything and in, in terms of this film it can motivate people to sentence other people to death to protect themselves and so there's really great themes in this film and it's very deep and it shows the the darkest sides and the extreme sides of human behavior and how people will put themselves before anyone else and and how important it is to be part of a group and if you're not part of a group that's in power then you're at risk of being a victim to that power in any given moment. So there's a lot of great substance to this plot. Uh, the acting is terrific, but again it's just the it, what the biggest problem with the film is its lighting, especially the nighttime photography. It's like so bright and you'll see like like in like for example like the interior of a house I was just like thrown off because it was so bright. First of all, but then also, you could tell some of the furniture closest to whatever lighting they used was so bright, and you could see the glare of the lights right next to it. And I'm like, this is just taking me out of the movie. There's huge <laughs> studio lights right next to this chair. It's they is just they didn't do a good job with the production of it, and that really kept it from really soaring. But it is an incredible story. And it's really fucked up and crazy, disturbing, but excellent, excellent writing, and another just Daniel Day Lewis just is unbelievable. He he spent. A year living as John Proctor, built his own house by hand from scratch to play John Proctor. That's crazy. Yeah. He built his own house. What a maniac. And this is where he met his wife, Rebecca Miller. Rebecca Miller, her father's actually the author of the play. I've never seen the movie, but we talked about it when we did our Daniel Day Plain View. I mean, Daniel Day Lewis. (laughs) (laughs) Episode. I made that mistake myself. (laughs) All right. um, Also, there's a dog in the room. If you hear any dogs biting... A ball right now because she's yeah we're a dog watching a dog and she is just trying to get us to play fetch with her she's we have to film she keeps plopping the tennis ball on my lap (laughs) all right let's get into (laughs) our fans letterbox top four anthony let's rate them first up we have patrick kelly (laughs) his bio says hello there (laughs) so patrick kelly's top four are interstellar then jaws this is great. Grand Budapest, which is becoming a favorite amongst our fans. And then Surfs Up, the Penguin movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love how Surfs Up's just in there. Surfs. <laughs> up. Fantastic. I don't think I've seen Surfs Up. These are great choices. Amazing, amazing movies. And we have one from a uh, different decade. Jaws. Anyone who puts Jaws in there is, can, is all right in my book. You're in, my all book right in my book, that's I actually do have a book. In my book, that's okay. <laughs> recently, Patrick's watched Spring Break. Palm Springs, I'm sorry. Palm Springs with uh, Andy Sandberg. How would you mix those up? Are you looking at just the poster? Yeah, I I didn't zoom in on it. Then The Pianist, which is a great film. Killing of Sacred Deer. And Scream 6. Scream 6. Quite an assortment of watches, Patrick. The last Scream movie to ever be made. (laughs) Ha ha! Self-destruction. No, they'll reboot in, in, in a year. Yeah, they'll, they'll get it going. Hit East that Gate reset set. button, get some new members, maybe get Nev Campbell back. But if I was Nev, I'd be like, you got to pay me $20 million. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, next up, we have Hayden Hensley. You're going to like his bio. Just a gym bro that loves Hans Zimmer. This is kind of <laughs> that <was> me today. <laughs> what would you listen to? I was listening to Man of Steel. Fuck yeah, man. Terraforming. Arcade. Arcade. Dun, dun, dun. That's a great one. All right, Hayden's top four on Letterboxd are Seven. My man, my man, man, it's such a good movie. I I really want to get the box set they have coming out. We gotta, we gotta get. It's gonna, we gotta get on that right away. Like, wait, when's it coming out? January twelfth, if I remember correctly. Releases. You gotta wait on the computer with your finger about to hit the button to purchase. I'll wait all night. Wait all night, man. Refreshing it. (laughs) like getting tickets to Taylor Swift. (laughs) Then we have Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. My man. Best of the prequels by far. You will not take her from me. (laughs) (laughs) This is a pretty good impression. (laughs) Never said it wasn't. It's great. Never said Yeah, I was surprised myself. (laughs) (laughs) Then we have Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Nice. I'm loving this. I'm loving it. Uh, I'm loving it. Okay. I just woke up from a nap. I'm Clearly, delayed. you're thinking about McDonald's tunes. Then we have The Matrix. My man! <laughs> James lost it. Hayden! Hayden, this, is, go. A this what is a great, great four. What a great four. I like it I like it a lot. Yeah, we got dark drama, sci-fi, fantasy, and then fucking The Matrix, the Matrix man. man. Which is all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I like your taste in movies, Hayden. Listen to your friend Hayden. He's a cool dude. Recently, Hayden has watched some bad movies. <laughs> uh, he watched Tusk, then The Room, which he gave five stars. <laughs> the Room. <laughs> <laughs> five out of five, 10 out of 10. Then 65 and Renfield, back to back. Ooh, what a rough week, pal. That's so rough. That's a rough. Besides The moment. Room, it's just a cinematic masterpiece. You're my favorite customer. Oh, hi, hi, Dougie. We <laughs> should do an episode on that, man. Yeah, we should, we should really do The Room in The Disaster Artist. As a double feature. That'd be great. Oh, you got the pup on your lap. She's so cute. She's mad because the door's closed. And we're not playing Fetch with her. Yeah. I played Fetch with her twice today and ran around the backyard with her. And I, she, I played you, Fetch with her four times. She's just so, so energetic. All right, next up we have Mitchell Kellogg. 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 Sorry, Who? you said it like a robot. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Kellogg. <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell <laughs> Let's Kellogg. Let's go. Richard <laughs> Kellogg. <laughs> My name is it. Uh, I'll me, tell you right off the bat, Mitchell's a romantic. So uh, his, his bio says, often go to the movie theater with my girlfriend. So cute. ah! And then his photo is upside down Spider-Man Kiss Mary Jane. But his first movie is Punch Drunk Love. My man. With a beautiful poster pick with the, the graphics of the, the colors, mm-hmm. you know? Really beautiful poster. Then before sunrise. Oh, yeah. My heart's warming already. My cold heart is just so warm right now. So good. Then we have the best Spider-Man movie. You know what it is, Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2. Easy peasy. Easy. Easy. Great post. Oh, my God. So this poster Patrick picked is Spider-Man, the the back of Spider-Man, and then Doc Ock makes the Spider-Man logo on his back. That's like the coolest Spider-Man poster I've ever seen. That is rad. That's fucking genius. Rad. Holy it shit. looks too much like the Amazing Spider-Man logo, though. Actually, no, that's, that no, fits. No, yeah, it fits. That looks fucking great. It's really, really cool. Whoever who made that is a fucking... That's a genius idea. I love the internet. And then we got one of the best films of the century. You don't get to 500 million friends, though, making a few enemies. Despicable Me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Two. Despicable Me, too. Gotcha. It's the best. Social Network, everyone. Social network. <laughs> Just drop the me. Despicable. Despicable. <laughs> it's cleaner. It's cleaner. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Mitchell, these are great. These are excellent. Thank you for sending them in. And then we got, next up, Molly Rose. Hey, Molly. Molly! Whose bio says, Matt Damon may not be in my top four, but he's number one in my heart. <laughs> hey, I can't can't say no to that. I mean, Matt Damon's one of the best actors alive still. He's still doing it. Well, I got a number. How, How do you like, like them apples? apples? <laughs> it's just... He's the man. He's the man. Okay, so this is a great top... Oh, my God. This is a really good top four. We got from Molly. Inception. Amazing. The Master. Amazing, too. Amazing part two. <laughs> this is a great movie. Then... Ikiru, I love that the pic. Otsu film. Yeah, the it's a great black and white Japanese film from the fifties. It's one of the best tragedies I've ever seen. If anyone hasn't seen it, it's about a man who recently is diagnosed with who's diagnosed with cancer, and so he's trying to figure out how to spend his final days. And it's so good, amazing movie. And then one of my personal all time favorites, The Tree of Life. Wow. Molly, Molly, love your taste. I haven't seen anyone put the Tree of Life on their list yet. Me neither. I'd put it on my list. Top four all times, favorites. I, I've put it. I've had it on my top. I have it on my top four right now. Yeah, I do. Whoa, Molly, you and Anthony I, are clicking. I have it. I uh, let me double. Yes, I have the Tree of Life. Bam, yep. right there. I believe you. I, I, have, y- I have Fanny and Alexander, the Tree of Life, Harakiri, and then the Red Shoes. My top four right now fucking great movie. It's really, really good. <laughs> not enough people have seen it. But Tree of Life rating on I'm, on Letterboxd... Okay, it's 3.9. I can respect that. I can see that. That's high for Letterboxd. Only been seen by 300,000 members. It's got 27,000 reviews. Okay, that's more than I thought. Okay. I mean, you can't expect that many people to watch that movie. But it's man, a film person movie. It's so good. Oh, my God. I fucking love that movie. I watched it this year. I watched it every year. Anthony watches every movie every year. <laughs> the amount of times you say that... I watch this every year. I yeah, watch it watch that all the time we're kids. I watch this every year.
1: <laughs> Whoa.
0: <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Boom roasted. Sorry, I'm on fire, man. Feel better? What? I'm on fire. He let it out, guys. He let it out. Can't let you get away with it, man. All right, Molly recently- He can't keep getting away with this! <laughs> can't away with this. <laughs> he can't keep getting away with this! He can't keep getting away with this! Recently, Molly has watched *Hateful Eight, *Collateral*, *Batman Begins*, and Green Room*. What a week, Molly! That's, that's a great week. Holy shit, that could be a, that's a great top four, anyways. Too that could be a top four, yeah. Molly, you watch I watch all, all, all those every movies. year. <laughs> yeah, Anthony watches all these every year. Yeah. <laughs> man, that's a great movie marathon right there. All right, man, that's a good one. Okay, moving into our last. Letterboxd top four we have Alex Russell. Their bio is Liver Alone. It's a good fun. It's a good one. <laughs> a good one. <laughs> so Alex has the original Scream, which is the best scream. It absolutely is. Then the anime, Perfect Blue. Then we have one of the greatest horror films ever made. John Carpenter's the thing. Mm-hmm. And then a really mu- fucked up movie, Itchy the Killer. This is a really interesting top four. Itchy the Killer? Yeah, I don't think it's a I've Japanese seen it. film. Interesting top four. Eight. Sorry, she's getting my shoe. The tennis ball's in my shoe. Get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I love this top four. Okay, so recently, Alex has watched Mission Possible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Nice. Barbie. Nice. Jurassic World and then Interstellar. <laughs> <laughs> I love to hear it. Jurassic World, two and a half stars. Agreed. <laughs> Dominion. Sorry, Dominion. Yeah, Dominion. Yeah, yeah. two and a yeah. half stars. 2 and, two and a half stars. Two stars. I just don't... It was like the worst written movie. Was that this year? No, it was last year. That was an AI movie, dude. I'm telling you. That movie was so bad. bad. 2022. 2022. Okay, 2022. Oh my god. Like, the writing of that movie. AI movie. The fucking locust and then like... CEO, Sam Neill. Tim Cooper, CEO. Sam the, Neill and Michael Douglas just got hosed in their last two movies. Yeah, Sam Neill did. with Jurassic Dominion, and then uh, Martin Sheen in... Uh, I mean, Michael Douglas in Ant-Man 3. Yeah. Just in the corner, just there. Just there. Hanging. Making funny faces. Icons. Of Sam c- Neill's entire performance in Jurassic World Dominion was wide eyes the whole time. Like, Icons oh. of cinema. In, integral characters to their franchises. Just... MIA, just hanging out in the back. They See might as well have a mop in their hands, <laughs> <laughs> like just be cleaning the house. <laughs> it's, it's just no one notice. It's just Like it doesn't add. Alan difference. Grant, yeah. janitor. <laughs> Hank Pym cleaning the room. <laughs> they just. I'm surprised they didn't have Alan wiping Grant just, the lab down for no, Cassie. Yeah, no, just <laughs> sweeping the floor for Ellie to walk. <laughs> 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 Cook it for Cassie. He's, he's Cassie's assistant, Thank basically. God, okay, Cassie. He was Cassie's assistant, basically. Cassie a- might A3. have been the worst character of 2023. I don't know anyone who likes Cassie. No offense to the actress. It was just I think Gareth right. Newton's talented actress, but just the characters. Yeah. It's terrible, man. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. All right, Jim, what's your uh, next watch on Letterboxd? Well, my next watch is a trilogy that we're covering in a week and a half. Oh, yeah. The Oceans trilogy. Finally doing it. I gave these movies. Ocean's Eleven a four and a half, Ocean's Twelve a four, and Ocean's Thirteen a four. Ocean's Twelve is my personal favorite, but I you res- you understand that it's not the same as objectively Ocean's 12, it's not yeah. the best. Ocean's Eleven is the best one, but Ocean's Twelve is my favorite. I respect I, that, man. Yeah, you know I can separate objectivity separate, right there. Absolutely, truth from it's me rare on. in this world. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> Thanks, you got man. something special, man. You got something <laughs> special, kid. Thanks, <laughs> appreciate it. But um, I, I I think they're all just such fun movies, and I really can watch them anytime, any day. And I know them really well. I love the energy. I love the music. Watched them a lot growing up. (laughs) Watched them all the time when we were kids. Anthony watches every one of these every year. (laughs) I did watch them this year, so. I didn't know Soderbergh did the cinematography until you told me last week. And that's incredible because the movies look great. The locations are astounding. I mean, you have the most absurd casts. And just to only be beaten by Oppenheimer this year, I think, really. (laughs) We're talking about Ocean's 13, that cast is absurd. And Ocean's 12 as well. I mean, you have Julia Roberts, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, and Matt Damon in a movie. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. It's insane, and then I mean, and Vincent Castle, and two of them, and it's just it's just absurd. Jerry Garcia, I mean, Andy Garcia. Is <laughs> three said, G- Andy Garcia. <laughs> Andy. What did I say yesterday? I mixed up. A, I did a terrible one. Yes, the other day, I can't remember. I can't remember. But it's yeah, pretty bad. It was yeah. way worse than that. Or no, it wasn't. That was pretty bad. Uh, Edgar Ramirez, for yeah, Oscar Yeah, Edgar Isaac. Ramirez, for Oscar <laughs> Isaac. That was pretty bad. Was. They don't even look alike <laughs> <laughs> names aren't even close. Goodness, Anthony. Canceled. <laughs> cancel. But I don't want to speak too much on these on this trilogy because we're covering it and doing an episode on I believe it's January next 15th week. I think or no January 8th yeah. on the on Wednesday the 8th on Monday, Wednesday the eighth. Very excited for everyone to tune in. We had a blast recording that episode, and I had a blast rewatching the movies, and I, I freaking love them, man. They I, are so well shot, so and fun, yeah. so creative. Yeah, they like, are. For like a heist, they're like the best looking heist movies. They really are. They're sensational, and Soderbergh gets so creative with the filmmaking. Whether it's the split screens, the edits, the camera angles he's getting, he's just doing really fun, interesting things. Because, Beautiful lighting. Yeah, just whatever he wants to do. But he's got great. He has great instincts as a filmmaker. And on the surface, these movies they seem very simple. Yeah. But when you look at it from a filmmaking perspective, it's actually really sophisticated and really terrific and just well made, man. They're great. Man, he's just what a pure it's a pure filmmaker right there. Yeah, right? it's just it's innate, you know. He's doing the cinematography and the editing. He's like that's, that's just like nope, like who does that? Who the fuck does who that? Who does that? He's got the balls to do that. Soderbergh's got the balls. He's got the, the work ethic he's to got do that big balls. <laughs> 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 All right, next up. You know he keeps a list of uh, everything he watches? Does he really? Yeah, he keeps a track of every show and movie he watches. Where does he post it? He posts it on his Instagram, I think, or someone someone releases it, but uh, I usually look at them every li- every year. He probably posted it recently. But it's really interesting to see what he watches on a daily basis. It'd he be, watches quite a lot of TV. It'd be funny to see what people watch on YouTube for real, like to yeah. see everyone's YouTube watch list. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's <laughs> that's very revealing. Yeah, it's as revealing <laughs> as a Google search history, yeah, to be it's honest. very <laughs> revealing. All right, next up, I watched... The greatest musical of all time, Singing in the Rain, which I gave five stars, and I wrote Extraordinary, by far the best musical I've ever seen. Singing in the Rain from Gene Kelly, who stars and directed the film and did the choreography as well. I mean, I don't know why I put off watching this movie for so long. i never seen it. I saw it in college years ago. I think I was like 18 and or 19. I, it was so much better than I thought it was going to be so, by, by a long shot. And you know what? There's really not that much rain. <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> not that much rain. Not, not not a lot. It's because of that one shot that's yeah, just it's so famous. famous. I thought the whole movie outside. was all about uh, singing in the rain. The but it was pole. just one scene. And I'm singing in the rain. Yeah, it's cra- And I mean, I I know that song so well from Clockwork Orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's more rain in a Clockwork Orange. Yeah, than yeah, there is. There's, there's more there's. rain in Clock. Yeah. yeah. But the film is really great. It's an incredible story about the transition from silent film making to uh, talky filmmaking and the actors involved in that. Uh, There's a great scene about them having trouble recording dialogue. There's incredible production, beautiful sets, great choreography. There's an incredible dance number uh, the supposed dance number in an office with Gene Kelly and the other co-lead, what's his name, Uh, Donald O'Connor who's hilarious and the dance in that scene is just phenomenal. Like they, they crush it. Uh, they're so talented, and the movie is just so much fun. It's got so much life, so much love to it. It's really artistic, really creative. Just stunning to behold. All the production elements, from hair and makeup to production and set design, and the cinematography is fantastic. And just, it's just a wonderful experience. I, I had an absolute blast watching the film, and now I'm gonna make it a regular watch. And I. I you know, watch every year? Oh, yeah, every year, every year, every day, <laughs> every day. <laughs> but I, I fucking I loved, I really loved Singing in the Rain. Five stars. Bam, 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 bam. You got any more watches? I do. Do you? No, I'm all out. I Next emptied, up. I emptied the clip. You emptied the clip. I think I did four. Yeah, I did four. The trilogy, then Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, talk about each trilogy, each film of the trilogy, then. A little bit more. No, I don't want to spoil the episode. The episode's in a week, man. People are going to be like, I guess they don't have to listen to the episode now. Because James talked about it. Yeah, yeah. Save it for the pod. Yeah, save it for the pod, man. Save it for the pod. Okay, next up. I watched an old film noir because I love old film noirs. This is The Killers, which came out in 1946, starring Burt Lancaster and Ava Gardner in both of their major breakout hits. They became superstars after this film. It's really fantastic. It's about uh, a man's killed, and then detectives are trying to trace the cause of his death, like who murdered him and why. And then we get a bunch of flashbacks of his story with Ava Gardner. Burt Lancaster is the one who's killed. And we learn about his work in the criminal underworld and really trying to discover, based on clues and stories, who the culprits of his murder are. They're both great. It's a wonderful cinematography, really tight script. It's what I love about old film noirs is they're they're all short. They're this movie's a hundred minutes long. Often they rarely went even close to two hours. Like they're very tight scripts. They get to the point right away. The scenes are it's just very very quick stories and it unfolds really seamlessly in a lot of ways. Um, it's a really great film. Excellent filmmaking. I gave it a four and a half hours out of five, and I wrote Ava Gardner hot sweating emoji t- emoji twice and then I wrote the film was great too <laughs> she really was like the hottest actress ever honestly <laughs> Ava Gardner Ava Gardner well let me look up a photo of Ava Gardner dude she's like all time her and Monica Bellucci oh well, yeah oh this is yeah you, you've seen her in yeah a couple yeah of yeah, yeah she's so Kate Beckinsale played her in the Aviator so she, she dated Howard Hughes that's not true Kate, Bl- Kate Blanchett plays Audre- I mean Catherine Hepburn in The Aviator Kate Beckinsale Oh I was thinking of Kate <laughs> Blanchett I'm sorry I'm sorry Kate-, Kate Beckinsale like I said played Ava Gardner in The Aviator I forgot you watch it every year, so you, that's, not pretty, yeah. that's not true. That's not true. I thought I got you, man. You were like, "That's not true." I was like, "You like, fucking idiot. <laughs> you don't know anything." <laughs> that's that kind of the tone. <laughs> <laughs> you're like this fucking piece of shit. That's pretty. Accurate. This is always talking that's about. accurate. <laughs> that's exactly what I sound like. But Kate, Kate, uh looks like her, especially in that movie with the hair and the makeup. Yeah, she's a pretty good, um, pretty close resemblance to Ava Gardner. But Ava Gardner was a great actress. 10 out of 10. She was a 10 out of 10. She was 100 out of 10. 100 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then I ended my week with a contemporary horror film. One of the best of the modern era, in my opinion. And that is Nahon Jin's The Wailing. Oh, nice, dude. I love The Wailing. This is actually my second watch of it this year. (laughs) (laughs) I've only seen it once actually it might be my third watch or it could be my I think it's my second because I watched it for the first time maybe two three years ago blew me away floored me it was one of those South Korean films that I discovered on Amazon Prime like the handmaiden that yeah I watched it after your recommendation yeah I, I wish I, I I really want to see the handmaiden in theaters because I didn't see it in theaters when it came out but the Wailing, is it's so fucking good and it's scary as hell it's a movie that like it's it's one of the rare movies that really get in under my skin. And it's like spine chilling. And when it's done, you're like, oh my god, I can't even... Like, that's so fucking crazy. It's got a great screenplay, great story, excellent acting all around, amazing production design and cinematography. But it's really... There's so many great sequences. Like, the shaman battle sequence is so cool and visual and just powerful. There's great tragedy. There's so many things to it. There's It's like... Part demon possession movie, part zombie movie, part spiritual supernatural movie, part ghost movie. There's so many things that it <clears throat> combines so many elements of horror. They combine in like part viral movie. It's amazing how they pulled it off and created something really wholly unique and originally its own in so many ways. It, but it really does have more like one of my favorite like last 15 minutes of a movie in recent memory. Because of there's multiple twists that happen, and as an audience member, you're you don't even know what to believe at the until the very end. You're like, which story is true? Who's telling the truth, and what's really going on here? It's really not until the credits roll where you fully grasp what everything that happened. And it's it's like it's a movie that really compounds the audience, confounds the audience until uh, the finale. And it's just so good, so creepy. And, man, some great sequences of gore and and violence, and, oh my god, I mean, this movie, it's a 4.0 on Letterbox. I think it's quite low for its rating, the the rating's quite low for how good the film, I think, is, and I think it's really top-tiered uh, South Korean horror, honestly, up there. Yeah, it's one of the movies that got me really into South Korean cinema. And when it it got put on Amazon Prime pretty early when they started do, being big streamers, yeah, yeah, like back like maybe five, late six years, late late two thousand ten. <laughs> what happened there, man? Uh, Tongue twister over there. <laughs> Late's a hard word to say. Yeah, it can be difficult. You did a good job though. But I, I remember it was like one of those early South Korean movies that was streamable on mm-hmm. Amazon. And after you told me to watch it, it just blew me away, man. It's still one that I can just think of and just like, yeah. Gives me the creeps, gives me the ick. the ick. Such a good ending, too. I think maybe I'll download it for my flight tomorrow. Yeah, I was going to ask you do you have any downloads already set on your phone for your flights because of the long? I don't, but <clears throat> I was probably just going to download some on my computer. And maybe I'll do some backups on my phone. But, I mean, I'll, I'll be on Delta, so they'll have plenty of stuff to watch for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's always so many movies to watch on international flights. But, yeah, you should definitely download some that you for sure want to watch. Just That's what I would I always do. Yeah, but I'll, I'll be doing some work as well on the plane, getting ready for the shoot. But I'll, I'll be getting there four days before we begin filming. Are you guys scouting locations Yeah, that? so we're going to basically—I get there the 4th. Well, I fly out tomorrow the 3rd, mm-hmm. and then I get I land in London— on the 4th, just because of the time difference, and then we'll drive around for a couple of days at all the locations to kind of set up our shots and figure out what we're going to do. Are you guys going to be filming in, like, northern England, closer to Scotland? No, I mean, kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yes and no, so obviously <clears throat> the most north will be is probably Liverpool. Okay. It's not even then, that far north, then. it's pr- I mean, it's pr- compared yeah. to, like, where London yeah, is, yeah, it's yeah. pretty far north. Yeah, because London's, like, right where Paris is. Pretty south. And then the closest I'll be to London is Reading, which is just about... Hour and not have two hours outside of London, and then I'll be in Birmingham for quite a bit, Birmingham, and Silverstone, I believe, I'll be near the, the raceway they have over there. They have a circuit race area. Oh, cool. So I think we're filming there I guess as well. What? Yeah, but obviously, we're not going to film cars, but we're going to film something there. <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, Vikings use F1 automobiles. Well, the film's going to be half, modern day, half oh, yeah, Viking true. era. Yeah. There's a time jump. Yeah, that's true. Now that, I, I totally forgot about that, now those locations, but half sense. of it's gonna be filming outside in London. <laughs> I mean, outside in England in January. Yeah, it's gonna be cold and rainy. But I'm excited. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be a blast. How, yeah. how many um, people are you gonna like you and the director, and like who else? How many people are on like the main team? We have we have a full crew. So we have. I mean, we have a cinematographer who's coming. We have a second camera, second unit director. We have two camera operators besides the cinematographer. We have a sound guy. You have a second unit? Yeah, second Damn. unit. And then we have Song Guy, obviously. We have a couple producers on sets. I'll be AD. There's no other, there's no second AD or anything. I'm just the AD by myself. You don't need a second. <laughs> you got well, the shit on lock. And then we'll have just people just helping out as PAs in addition to what else? I mean, where's the list? And I mean, there's a big stunt team. You yeah, guys have so a ton of people. Everyone's just going to be helping out because. Yeah. The guy directing it, our friend, he's a stunt guy and, and a filmmaker. And a ton of stunt people are just going to do it for free and be Vikings. And th- when they're not filming, on days they're not filming, they're just going to hang out and help out on set. So we're going to have a lot of hands on set. probably so like, awesome. Probably like 20, 30 people on set every day, depending on the location, depending on the scenes. And the big Viking battles will have the most people for sure. We'll yeah. have a lot of people on set. That should be a lot of fun. And I'll be directing some of those scenes by myself because the director is going to be a Viking at times. He's, yeah, he's playing a role. He's yeah, not a huge, not a speaking role. Yeah, but um, he'll be doing some stunts and shit. <laughs> so I'll be like directing a scene of like a, a Viking battle. I'm just so stoked That's about awesome. it. That's awesome. It's gonna be fucking. That sounds sick, like so much dude. fun. It's gonna be sick, and I hope it goes well. It'll be nice to get out of L.A. for a long time too. Yeah, I've never the longest I've been out of the country as well is like twelve days. I think our trip. Yeah, that trip, then when I went to Italy by myself, that was an 11-day trip, so I've never done more than two weeks outside of the U.S., so I'm really, and also just being in one country for such a long period of time, I'm looking forward to that. I'll have my weekends off for the most part. We only have one Saturday shoot, and then I'll be able to go to London when we're in Reading, so we'll be in Reading for a week, so I'll go to London for the weekend. And you're going to be on a really big podcast out there. Yeah, I'm going to be on Pulp Kitchen, a really awesome film podcast. They're based in London, and they uh, invited me on because- We've been trying to collaborate with them, and then mm-hmm. I was like, "Hey, I'll be in London. For, I'll be in England for a month. Like, oh shit, let's let's get together." So I'll be in their studio, which should be a blast. Those guys are awesome. Yeah, that'll be great. I can't wait to listen to it. And what are you guys gonna talk about? Do you know yet? We're trying to figure it out. I think we're gonna do. They wanted to do Oscar nominations going over it, but okay. I won't be able to make it to London that time. Then that weekend, because that doesn't oh, that's on the twenty eighth. Yeah, oh, 28th. yeah. Come out the twenty eighth. the twenty eighth yeah. the nominations, and I'll I'll, I'll be in Reading. The weekend before, so that's when I'll be able to go to London. Gotcha. So we're just going to figure out something else to do. Mm-hmm. But we'll do one for them, one for us, basically. Nice. So we'll get an Fuck episode yeah. with them, and they'll do an episode with us. Oh, that's cool. I'll be the Raiders representative. And looking forward to that, and I'll do some sightseeing everywhere I go, of course, and checking out some pubs, getting some pints and some pickled eggs and a spot of tea. Spot of tea. Spot of tea. Dad wants to make sure you're bringing a turtleneck. Dude, <laughs> so make sure you. I'm not a turtleneck it. person. You, you are. Know, I'm not. I got so into turtlenecks this year. I love them, especially since you're into turtlenecks. I can't like start wearing turtlenecks. <laughs> it's just too much, man. It's not your vibe. Yeah, it's not my vibe either. But make sure you bring one. You don't even own one, do you? I don't. I haven't owned a turtleneck since I was three. I think <laughs> in the family. Photo. I don't even know where to go to get one. Do they sell them at normal stores? Yeah, I got mine at the Gap. Yeah, but I don't go to the Gap. <laughs> <laughs> Banana Republics has them. Gap's for pussies. Everyone sells <laughs> Whoa. Gap's great, man. Just kidding. The- I'm wearing Gap sweater right now. Figured. This is a great green sweater. Makes sense. not a turtleneck, but it's a very cozy sweater. You're giving sweater. Gap vibes. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you're giving, like... And Gap socks. Gap vibes right now. These are great cozy socks. Like you're at a barbecue and then... Out back, and then you're like staying late with the friends that ho- own the house, and you're just like watching TV and living. That's the vibe you're giving. Gap vibes. Hey, so I'm just a guy. <laughs> you're just a guy. <laughs> I love the Spike Jones Gap commercial he made. Which one was that? He uh he just showed he just had them destroy a Gap like drive car into it and just destroy the Gap. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good a great, marketing. It's a great ad. It's really quick, but it's fun. But yeah, I love turtlenecks. Commercials used to be a lot more creative and artistic. They still are it's just the mainstream ones aren't but there's still a lot of creativity in commercial directing well but the thing with the living the in the thing Amer- is like when we the only cable you and i watch really is like football and so it's just car, right com- now. car commercials and beer commercials but there is a lot of real there's still cre- creativity in ads i guess i guess what was i about to say before you interrupted me sure it was really important It's riveting oh the the thing with living in america though is was it 60% of our commercials are for medicines <laughs> and prescription drugs yeah it's illegal to advertise in Europe (laughs) it's insane advertise medicine in America it's just ad for for every kind of medicine you can think of it's like that great Chris Rock joke in America the commercials. there's so many uh, medicine commercials there's one where it's do you wake up? Do you go to sleep in the morning? And you wake, I mean, do you go to bed at night and wake up in the morning? I, I got, got that. that. <laughs> they got wait. one for me. They got one for me. <laughs> it's a do you go joke. to bed at night and wake up in the morning? That's a great joke. We got medicine for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good one. But anyways, I will still be checking in on Letterboxd Recaps. I love this, like, checking in. Are you going to be, like, calling? Yeah, well, yeah, you know. Hey, I'm checking in on you guys. in from England. Just checking in on you. Yeah, I'm like a ground reporter. <laughs> so Megan, just making sure things are up to speed. Just checking in. I'll be, I'll see you Catch you later. <laughs> just checking in. <laughs> That's a weird way to say it. Just checking mean, in on Anthony, make sure everything's right. You're st- still going to be in those episodes. You're going to be in them. I'll be checking in. <laughs> so what, are you going to be in there for, like, two minutes? No, I'll be there the whole time. Just checking in. It's just the, not the right frame. But I'll I'll still be checking in from time to time. I don't like your phrase. <laughs> Emily Blunt and Oppenheimer. <laughs> that's too obscure. That's a, no. That's a good one. That's no one would get that. Everybody Even Emily would be, Blunt would be like what's that from? No, Emily, everybody gets that. No one would be like what's that from? I don't get no, it. No, Everybody's everybody would get that. No one would get that. I don't like your phrase. Nah man. It's your phrase. It's not right. <laughs> Just because you didn't get it doesn't mean other people won't. I don't think anyone got it. Let Everyone. us know if you got that one, everybody. <laughs> Send us a DM, and we're going to get zero DMs yeah. I, went, I went to New Year's Eve party. That's what, also why I am I have a low number of movies, but I went to New Year's Eve party, and I, I did a couple movie references just as, as in conversation, and uh, nobody got them, obviously. Yeah, yeah that's how you communicate. <laughs> I made fun of you. We were with people the other day, and I'm like... You just keep throwing out movie quotes, and then you look at me smiling. I'm like I'm like, I'm. Not, there are other people in the room, Anthony. Well, what's funny is I disguise them just as normal conversation. Yeah, I know. It's, it's just like a normal—it sounds like a normal response, but it's like— I called you out. I was like, the it. amount of movie quotes Anthony says that no one understands is just—it's hysterical. Because I, I say them casually around other people. Like I'm not like making it known that it's a movie reference. I just say it like it's a normal thing to say <laughs> see if anyone catches it. Usually, you, you'll catch them usually. I catch them and I roll my eyes like, it's fucking this motherfucker. I, I can't remember what it was, but I did a very obscure one last week around you and a couple other people. It was great. <laughs> I was really proud of myself. <laughs> fucking dork. Just kidding. I quote movies all the time. Yeah, you speak in movie references too. I do. Quite often. Quite often. However, you're more. You're you're off the charts, man. I think some people will get the Emily Blunt one. I don't think anyone's gonna get that. I think they will. If they if you got the Emily Blunt one, please just DM us. I saw the movie four times. Guess you weren't watching close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Guess you didn't like it, bro. I'm gonna try to see it hopefully in England if I have time in seventy. Oh, on mil. the release, I'll see if there's a seventy mil theater where I'll near see where it I'm for at. sure. On the twelfth, I've already seen it four times. Yeah, January twelfth in come. theaters. And I'm sure they'll do another re-release. But also, before we leave, twenty twenty four is a ten year anniversary of a special movie. Twenty fourteen. Uh, like the, the month of January. No, or just, just twenty twenty-four, the year is the 10 year anniversary of a very epic special movie. Twenty fourteen. Interstellar? Yes. Nice. So I guarantee when we had the IMAX. Oh guy nice. On, yeah. I try to get it out of him. He's like, oh yeah, I have to talk to someone else but I'm pretty I I would be shocked if they didn't do a re-release of Interstellar this year in 2024 they should they must they should they will it would crush they will 100% they will that would make like that would make like 10 million dollars in an opening weekend I bet it would make more I bet it would make like 30 mil opening weekend like Interstellar and IMAX theaters again they would destroy it they would decimate they should do it uh, before Dune comes out no that's too early do it like in what February February yeah Not too. Oh, yeah, I think I do it on the actual anniversary. So it has to be the summer. Summertime, yeah. No, they're gonna do new releases in the summer. They're not gonna do Interstellar. They're not gonna do a re release in the summertime. When did it come out? It's like it's a July release. Yeah, but they're not gonna do an old movie release in in the middle of summer. They're gonna do new releases. September. That's why I'm saying an off movie season. Okay, September. Yeah. September. Yeah. They're gonna do a month where it's not like their peak season true. Because they're gonna be doing like Transformers or whatever. Else is out there. That's huge. Inti's asleep. She's sh- she's dreaming. She's running. Oh, she's doing the little arms switching. She's very cute. She's cute. She but anyways, out. I'm calling that right now. You heard on the show first uh, in when we had the uh, sir from IMAX on the gentleman Pete, Paul, David, David, David from IMAX on. <laughs> they just going through every name. <laughs> John, Brian, John, every, every white guy name. <laughs> Steve. Steve. Steve, Steve, Madden, Steve. Calling it right now. IMAX. Interstellar re-release 2024. Let's do it. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into to Letterboxd Recap. Four episodes coming up on Monday. We're doing an episode on... What are we doing, Anthony? On Monday, we have... <laughs> Hold, please. <laughs> I always forget the schedule. Well, anyways, episodes we did this past week. So for our New Year's Day, we did an episode on the best movies of 2023. On Wednesday... Uh, We did an episode on Dazed and Confused. Don't miss that one. It was such a blast. And then this upcoming week, we have the Oceans Trilogy on Monday. And then Twilight on Wednesday. Don't miss Twilight. It was a blast. Don't miss any of them, obviously. Twilight was great. Twilight was maybe the funniest episode we've done. It was just nonstop laughing. It's up there. But we have a bunch of other bangers. We're going to do Whiplash in January. Oceans is on Monday. We're gonna do Super Bad in January. We're gonna do a Kill Bill movies from memory in January, Zimmer Movie Draft. We have a lot of really cool episodes dropping to start 2024 off strong, everybody. With a bang. With a bang. Thank you so much for tuning in and for your support around the world. Again, to become a patron, just go to patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. get awesome perks like access to weekly bonus episodes, our Discord, and access to the ad-free version of every single episode. Not to mention free perks. I mean perks like video messages, merchandise, and other Great items that you can receive from Anthony and I on Patreon. Not to mention another great way to support the show is to leave five star ratings and reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. They are integral to us getting seen on the platforms. I have, char- a, I have actually have a five star rating. I'd like to read. So this is from Jenna Chica, Jenna, who, who wrote five stars on Apple. This podcast is an uplifting celebration of film. There are lots of great movie podcasts out there, but during the pandemic, I was looking for a more positive. And fun movie podcast, which is why we started it, by the way. Yeah, we Th- hated the critical ones. Yeah. Thankfully, Spotify lent me to these twin nerds. <laughs> James-, <laughs> James and Anthony share their love of movies and TV in a way that truly celebrates the art of film. I won't lie. At first, I thought there were going to be just a couple of film bros who would talk endlessly about superhero movies. But I was very wrong. These two are passionate and knowledgeable about films from all decades, countries, and genres. They're hardworking, humble, and geeky in the best ways. I have spent countless hours listening to this show often bursting out laughing laughing at the brothers' antics while learning a ton about movies. Every episode is informative and joyful, and they don't just do recaps and analysis. With trivia, movie news, and even inside scoops about making their own film, this pod is a one-stop shop for all things film. I like that. I like this pod is a one-stop shop. That's a great uh, alliteration, right? One-stop shop. Well, yeah, stop shop is alliteration. alliteration. Yeah. Yeah. You need one-stop shop stop shop stop shops yeah yes yeah, that counts you know stuff man <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> you you paid attention in seventh grade english well great, great job to man the antics of the show <laughs> <laughs> i also appreciate how dedicated james and anthony are to connecting to their with their fans interacting with us online and sharing personal stories in their episodes i especially loved when they did a live show that i could attend virtually so many questions and roasts from the sidelines with other fans james get a haircut it was her joke. That was Jenna's joke. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> when did she leave this review? She left it on November third. I've gotten a haircut since. No, but she said that joke in the live show. If you remember. Oh, that was Jenna. Yeah, that was Jenna. I remember that. Yeah, yeah that was a good, that, that got a good laugh. But also, you turned beat red. There was a, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, you did. uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> I don't have any blood in myself. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't turn red physically. <laughs> You're a ghost. Beets are more purple, anyways what <laughs> i didn't say beat i just said you just i just said you turned so red beat red <laughs> oh, did it, oh did i say beat red you did say beat red you are beat red anyways <laughs> it's an idiom. back to jenna growing up i was the only film nerd i knew re- renting old movies from local rental stores and watching them online it's great to meet like-minded people through this pod and keep my love of film alive keep up the great work james and anthony you're the drug pin king lords of the movie <laughs> podcast world <laughs> gonna go unsubscribe now. Bye, bye. P.S. I got iTunes just so I could write this review. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Jenna. Thanks, that was Jenna. an incredible review. That was fantastic. It's the best re- review we've ever gotten. I know that's so sweet. Oh my oh gosh. My oh Thanks, my gosh. Josh. I feel so special. You are special. Wow. I feel You're a special, boy. So warm and gooey inside. <laughs> well, like Jenna did, she created an email to. Have an iPhone. yeah. So you don't need an iPhone or anything. Anthony can, can make them. an Apple review, and don't forget, if we get five thousand Apple ratings in twenty twenty four, I will get a tattoo. Five thousand ratings on Apple, James gets a tattoo. Remember that. By the way, you can just make burner emails, and yeah, just make everybody just go crazy, go crazy, and if you if want, we go crazy for a week, Anthony's we gonna pick the done. tattoo per suggestions, but nothing bad, something cool. No, yeah, I'm not gonna humiliate you. Yeah, I'm not a piece of shit. It's like, not like that tattoo. You ever seen that tattoo reality show? Where no, it sounds terrible. It's insane. Where it'll be like a group of people of of gr- close friends, and one of them gets a tattoo, but the friends pick it out, and oh I think God. they all do it to each other. It's terrible. It's a bad idea. It's terrible, man. Because really you don't bad think idea. your friends would do you so dirty that they give you the most ugly tattoo of all time, but they do it. Yeah, I mean, because once the, once one person does it, then everybody is at risk. I'll send you a video. I'll describe it real quick. It's the the funniest thing I've ever seen. Where so they, you stand in front of a mirror and you take the blindfold off, right? Uh, oh my and you god! You don't know what it's gonna be. Oh, while you're getting it done, you don't so, know. No, what no, you it get is. it done, you don't know what it is. You're uh-huh. blindfolded. Then you go in front of a mirror after it's healed, and <laughs> your friends are watching you and they film this whole thing. It's mm-hmm. on this fucking stage, and then there's this guy. He he, he lifted up his shirt because the tattoo is around his belly button. <laughs> <And> <laughs> they ta- they tattooed some guys. Some guy's butthole is his belly button, and he's just like bent over. Oh it's my just god! Some guy. And he's, he couldn't believe it. <laughs> Good it's, luck it's getting laid. Forever. That's it. That's horrible. horrible. I'm sure you got laser removed, but. Yeah. Oh, my God. Jesus. Can you imagine your friends doing that to you? That's cruel. That's, I would i would not be friends with them. You, I would, again. That, yeah, I would just stop being their friends. That's horrible. Your friends, if they're going to give you a messed up tattoo, and I'm sure they're all getting paid or whatever. So it's part of the the show, but. but on least, the belly button. But at least somewhere that you can't, you don't have to see it. Jeez. Or you can hide it well. <laughs> Anyways, they gave you something you can't take off. <laughs> Dragon Tattoo. I don't know. No, that's in Glorious Bastards. And Glorious Bastards, sorry. Yeah, I was actually thinking of Dragon Tattoo as well. So you got the mental reference. <laughs> Anyways. All right, let's officially end this episode of Letterboxd Recap. Again, go to Patreon, patreon.com slash Raiders of Lost Podcast. Leave those five star ratings reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And share us with your family and friends. Take care, everybody. See you next time. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.